0: So the U.S. men's national team played a couple of games uh, while we were, you know, in between recordings of this podcast. Um, Wells, they they, they they drew with Wales 0-0. It was a, it was a very, very, very boring game. Uh, and then they played Panama, which was a barn burner, 6-2 barn burner. Um, that first Panama goal, though, Panama scored first. Oh, let's play it. In the 6-2 game, Panama scored first and uh, they did yeah and it was i mean u.s played really well otherwise after that but uh yeah that uh, that first panama goal um dan do you have any thoughts
1: you know it, so much of these games is is about you know the future and and with the u.s having been off for so long figuring out you know it's a lot of questions it's you know what what are the youth players are are going to come good and can really be starters for this team what formations look best and i think honestly the most pressing question facing greg Burhalter, why is matt miazga
0: To uh-huh. yeah. Live from your mother's basement, we are The Daves You Know. This is The Daves I Know. You want me to
1: be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to. But we both know I can't do nothing at all oh yeah uh, 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 you say there's no use in walking now all right
2: now, as
0: i mentioned we are live from your amazing, uh, her uh she tastes nice so good on you for taking care of your mom um we have the regular crew here we have mj mj how are you doing i'm doing great how are you very good dan
1: how about you uh doing great can't complain
0: right on right on guys uh so we we don't have a, a a game to talk about this week obviously considering it was the international break but we do, so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the loons abroad how they're doing uh, we have four minnesota united players playing with their national teams so we'll talk a little bit about that we'll talk and then try to really jump into colorado and and we haven't really broken down colorado too much considering we've played them a bunch of times and it's been really weird circumstances uh a a tournament in Orlando, weird COVID-related time. So, like, we're actually gonna spend a little bit of time talking about Colorado and what we might expect from the uh, from the team. So uh yeah, so that's that game is coming up on Sunday, um, literally less than a week from today. So uh yeah, so let's jump into it. Um, but first, if you guys are interested, we're about I think three weeks away now from the Patreon beer being ready to be distributed. Christian and I need to figure out a situation how we're going to actually hook people up with that beer. Uh, But if you are not uh, yet a Patreon, you still listen to the podcast, I don't know why you're still listening to the podcast if you're not a Patreon, but patreon.com slash Daves I Know to get involved with this. You can start at three bucks a month. If you do it for two months, we'll we'll hook you up with that beer. So if you do a Patreon right now, you pay this month, you'll pay next month. Um, We will get you the uh, Hop Clouds, uh, Daves I Know uh, beer, like, whatever combination beer which is the heathout stout which looks fucking amazing. I, did I did I send I didn't send you guys the uh the video of the fermentation of the beer, did
1: I? No, you're hoarding it like a bastard dragon. All
0: right, I'm going to throw on the Patreon this week and I'm going to send it to you both both you gentlemen. It's fucking fantastic. The beer looks amazing. I'm very excited, very excited to uh to drink one or two or or five of them. Uh, as soon as I possibly can, which probably will be in like three to four weeks. So uh, stay home, stay safe, uh, don't go out, you know, don't do Thanksgiving with anybody. Eat a Heggie's pizza, maybe drink some beer, maybe some uh, delicious, delicious uh, Heath Out Stout in like three weeks. So patreon.com slash the Daves I know to help support the Daves that you know. Um, yeah, so let's talk about what the hell just happened the Loons Abroad segment. The, what the hell happened? it's not currently done because there's uh players playing today uh and tomorrow um today being uh tuesday and tomorrow being wednesday so once to kick it off uh we, let's start with kai kamara kai kamara
2: plays for sierra leone that's correct
0: they're playing so kai kamara is playing in the uh afcon qualifiers uh they're currently third in their group um they played away to nigeria on friday they were down 4 to nothing after halftime and they came back to draw 4-4 Kai Kumara went the full the full 90 in that match. Uh, they play tomorrow or today, sorry, uh against Nigeria again. So they're playing, they, they did a home and away with Nigeria. But they're playing in Sierra Leone against Nigeria. So Kai Kumara, um he went the full 90 on Friday. Theoretically we'll go the full 90 on Tuesday as well. So
2: zero goals. So the,
1: the but, uh, really... Zero goals, but allegedly one trashed hotel room.
0: That's true. We did. Yes. Uh, he, he, he defamed, he defamed the hotel, which when you read, if you saw like the gold.com headline, it looked a lot worse than it actually <laughs> happened. Cause you're like, Oh shit. Did he just like fuck up a hotel? It's like, no, he just went on, uh, he went on Instagram and was like, just berated the hotel for being a shitty hotel in Nigeria. So, you know,
2: for those that don't know about AFCON, it is not a, uh, African comic book convention. It is the cup of nation want to clarify that.
1: And uh although the broadcast rights are hard to to find in the US, the quality of play in AFCON is super high. Those games are incredibly fun to
2: watch. Yeah. Shout out to oh. Eric Grady who turned me onto AFCON, you know, a couple years ago when he wanted to watch and I was like I don't care.
0: I will say MJ, um your condescending to our listeners is really insulting to me personally. Um, everybody who listens to this podcast knows what AFCON is. And number two, um, be in, so be in sports. So the, to Dan's point, yes, it's, it's really hard to find it sometimes be in sports. If you have like Fubo, uh, TV, be in sports has a lot of them on like their, their weird being like be in three, be in four channels. <laughs> um, cause it's actually like fat. It's like fanatiz. uh, .USA is actually like the rights holders for most of the AFCON matches that are available. And not every AFCON match is available uh, in the U S it's, it's a really weird setup, but yes um, the right holders are not as fucked up as uh as Combi bowl, but you know, still kind of fucked up. All right, let's move on to uh, Robin Lude, Robin Lude who plays for Finland. They're currently second in their UEFA nations league group behind Wales Wednesday, uh so that last Wednesday they played away to France. They beat two uh beat France 2 0, which is a Men's
2: very World Cup champion.
0: Correct, yeah. Uh shocking result. Um Robin Lude did not play in that match. Uh Sunday, uh yesterday they played away to Bulgaria. Uh 2 1 win. And who scores the game winning fucking goal in the 45th plus one minute of uh, the first half? Robin fucking lewd. On the right hand side, who he also went the full 90 in that match as well. So, congratulations, to Robin Lude, and congratulations to the Finnish national team for playing him in his correct position.
2: For those who can't see, my my two arms are outstretched super high right now.
0: Are your arms
2: outstretched? It, it, are your arms they were. Not right open? Yeah, like in yeah. celebration of Robin Lude. Right.
0: Not in a Creed song.
1: Oh,
2: I no. thought you were making a Star Trek reference.
0: Oh. <laughs> Both, yeah, I, whatever,
1: I, either one. I kind of
2: forget about that band.
1: Uh, jumping back to soccer for a minute, which is allegedly what we're here to talk about, not Scott Stapp. Um, you know, it was really interesting to, to see Lude play for Finland. He was uh, he had been out of the team for a number of call-ups uh, and then was called back in, I think, honestly, on the back of some really strong performances for Minnesota United. The goal he scored was very much the goal we are used to seeing Robin Lude score. Um, hard shot from the left side parried out by the keeper and he was there for a really nice rebound finish. He looked good. Honestly, like he he's playing like a player with a ton of confidence right now. And it was really interesting to see uh, worth noting. He did take a couple of hard shots from uh Bulgarian fullbacks. So it'll be interesting to see nothing. I mean, he didn't stay down particularly long, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if he does get time Coming up against uh the aforementioned Welsh national team. That should be a dire game. Uh or if he gets a chance to rest. But the court quarant- the nine day quarantine may not just be good for healing up COVID. It may be good for healing up some uh bumps and bruises.
2: <laughs> Correct. Yeah. MJ? The there was a Finnish fan who came up with a shirt. I I don't think this is being produced. He just photoshopped it on, but it was a like a a plain white sweatshirt, but with like Robin Fucking lewd <laughs> is the only thing that's on it, which I thought was pretty hilarious.
0: Oh, it's yeah, fucking fucking Lude with a the uh, the soccer ball. That is great. That is great. Uh, uh,
2: yeah. Quote on Friday afternoon, maybe fifty thousand people knew who Robin Lude was. Monday morning, Monday morning the whole country knew. <laughs> To be
0: fair, I think there was more than fifty thousand people who knew who Robin Lude was, because there's more than fifty thousand people like soccer fans in Minnesota. He was talking uh, about in Finland. Sure, sure. He's playing with the national team, though. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> keep going.
2: No, that, that's it. This is it. I th- I just thought it was hilarious that he he photoshopped the words Robin fucking Lude, <laughs> censoring the U in fuck with with a soccer ball. And,
0: and Oh, I wish I had a job and I could like just bankroll some uh, some hoodies. With yeah, some fucking loot on them because <laughs> I, I I absolutely would if I actually had the, the cash to do this. I would I would like make like twenty of these hoodies and just you know have them for you know whatever. But no no
2: Minnesota United references whatsoever. Just robbing fucking yeah, loot. Robin fucking loot.
0: Yeah, no, for sure.
2: That's all yeah. you need to sell a shirt right there. Yeah. He was also
0: the uh, the man of the match for for Finland, right?
2: Yeah, he gets the hookjat uh, the the nickname for the Finland national team is the Owls. He gets the owl of the match. He won voting by a large margin at least 10%. So yeah, good on Robin Lude.
1: I'm not gonna lie. Being named owl of the match feels like something that happens to third graders, not professional <laughs> athletes
2: right. Take it up with the Finnish national team, Dan. I will,
1: MJ. I will call them tomorrow. Get a better right.
2: fucking mascot.
1: <laughs> to be clear, right. I think the owl is a great mascot. I just if if you if someone was like you were named Owl of the Match, I would assume that uh that I was a child or a <laughs> video game character.
2: Can you or- imagine if the the U.S. soccer media awarded a star or and or stripe of the match? No, it would be like a
0: Sam of the match, like Uncle Sam, it'd be a Sam yeah. of the match. Who's the Sam of the match?
2: Yeah, yeah. So
0: you know uh, what? Awesome motherfucker. I... I mean, that sounds good, right? Stud, awesome motherfucker.
1: <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm here for that. It would get you know. It would be like inappropriately sponsored, though. So, oh, unless you could sell it to Sam Adams, in which oh. case, then you'd be the Sam Adams Sam of the match. Oh no,
0: I'm sure they would try, but it's but I I think it'd be the Trojan Sam of the match. <laughs> um we should make we should try and make that happen the trojans (laughs) Sam of the match uh for every minnesota united match uh, on the days i know well yes that's a new thing uh we're gonna instead of doing the the freddy dudes we're gonna we're gonna do the uh the trojan sponsored sam of the match (laughs) stud awesome motherfucker um all right moving along to stud awesome motherfuckers uh going back to afcon uh romaine metonir uh plays from madagascar who's currently second in their group so they uh they are well on their way to qualifying for AFCON. They lost away to Co- Ivory Coast uh two to one on Thursday. Um Romain Metnir went the full 90 and they play host to Ivory Coast tomorrow today. Sorry, I'm trying to remember the podcast stuff. Uh today. Um a win or a draw, basically like season through to the Afcon uh tournament in 2021. And then finally Jan Gregus the Slovakian um that dude man Jan Gregus you can definitely tell where Jan Gregus is on the pitch if you're watching the match like the guy has a gallop and a gait that uh, you definitely can <laughs> tell no matter what they played uh, so they he so they're currently fourth in their group um after the Nations League match that they played. They, however, qualified for Euro 2020, which is happening in 2021, by beating Northern Ireland away two to one. Uh, Young Gregus played about the last two minutes of the of the first half of extra time and then all the second half. So he played 17 minutes in that match. On Sunday, he uh they played home to Scotland, needing to win that match to stay alive to and not be relegated from uh, their uh, Nations League group, which is, I think they're in, I think they're in League B. Um, they beat Scotland, one nothing Grey Goose scores the winner in the most stereotypical of Grey Goose ways. Um, a shot from outside the box kind of deflects off of a Scotland defender and goes in. The, that's the game winner. Uh, Grey Goose plays the full 90. Wednesday, they play away to the Czech Republic. Need. Uh,
2: what's that? Oh, huge rivalry. It's called the, the federal derby. Yeah, because it's, it's
0: you know it used to be it used to be Czechoslovakia. Now it's the Czech Republic and Slovakia. If you do the math, Czech
2: plus the Slovakia
0: means Czechoslovakia.
2: The, the the Czech Republic has won eight games. There have been two draws, and Slovakia has won three.
0: So yeah, so they need in order to stay in group or in League B of the Nations League the Slovakian team needs to either get a draw and an Israel loss to Scotland by more than three goals or a win and an Israel loss or draw to Scotland to avoid relegation to League C. So anyways, um, you guys have any other thoughts on the Loons Abroad segment here?
2: As a Slovakia hockey fan, and then I guess maybe a Slo- Slovakian football fan by association... It would nice. It'd be nice to see Slovakia stay up in UEFA uh, Nations League B. They're not going to get promoted to League A, but if they could at least stay in League B, that would be kind of. I think
1: uh, I totally agree, MJ. Um, although Scotland has played well and managed to qualify for uh, Euro twenty twenty slash twenty twenty one, where they'll play England, and that game should be fun. Um,
0: Oh, that group, that group's insane. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it is. Like
0: there are several there was, insane groups in, in your, in Euro 2021. So,
1: yeah. So hungry one promotion or not one promotion, won their spot in, in Euro 2020. And they found themselves the the reward for all their hard play is a group of France, Germany, and Portugal, which is a little bit like winning the lottery to have your ass kicked by professional <laughs>
2: wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But you get like you get like you know like two hundred million dollars, but the, you get, get get the shit beat out of you for like twenty four hours straight. So yeah, you know. Uh,
1: so it'll it, it'll be tough. Scotland has played very well. They're they're a lockdown defense, especially now that they have a bunch of players literally out of lockdown. They had a COVID case not this international break, but last that kind of screwed them over. Um, honestly, the big thing I take away from from this international break is it's great to see. Like it obviously screws up the schedule but it's still really cool to see Minnesota United players playing in Europe. Like it's kind of crazy to watch the the Finland Bulgaria game and have the announcer talk about how good Robin Lude has played for Minnesota United of you know in the MLS. Like that's still that that hasn't worn off for me and and I hope never does. But it's, it's great to see not only our uh, the Minnesota United players going and playing for national teams, but really playing well. And, and this break was probably one of the better ones we've had, but still really, really fun.
0: The uh, The last time that – because there was actually a, a tweet going around, uh, I believe on Sunday uh, – yeah, Sunday, yesterday, um, where I was basically like, when was the last time two Loon's international players scored on the same day? And it, and Colin Soberg figured it out. It was when Kevin Molino and Trinidad Tobago played – Francisco Calvo in Costa Rica in 2017, where both <laughs> Calvo and Molino scored in the most you know like opportune of of, of of, matches. But like that was three years ago, and that is a that's a big thing. And we'll talk about a little bit here in a second about um, the international players and what that might look like going forward for Minnesota United. But Minnesota United is one of the teams that has the most. It, it, there's Every, I think there's three other teams that have four players out on international duty. And Minnesota United's players are some of the, being some of the most productive uh, right now in international.
2: The What you don't know is that, according to MJ Anon, that Heath said that if you score a goal in an international, there will be benefits. So.
0: That's fair. Um, MJ Anon and, and, and Heath are, are very simpatico. When yeah. it comes to some of their bullshit that they're spewing so um
2: all right it shouldn't be a surprise that they're they're joined together
0: let's yes yes it definitely is not a surprise at all let's jump into the big questions uh so let's do Dan Dan we have I have a question I think Dan's question is probably more pertinent to uh the future <laughs> of the team let's jump let's do mine first though because I'm I I, th- I threw this out on Twitter yesterday and MJ and I got into a discussion. MJ tried to change the the terms of the debate, which is not, you know, not cool, you know, being an asshole, whatever. So I have my question was who is the best, most unattractive men's footballer, right? So who is the best soccer player who is a man who plays soccer, but is also the most unattractive? And I threw out Kevin De Bruyne as like the, like that guy's like, he leads, he leads the league and like being really good at soccer, also fucking ugly as shit. Um, who do you guys have? Who, who, who unseats Kevin De Bruyne in the uh, best, most unattractive men's footballer, uh, Days I Know uh, award winner of the year? I'll, send, I'll, I'll send this guy a trophy, honestly. <laughs> I don't, I don't have money for anything else, but I'll send this motherfucker a trophy.
1: I, uh, I just don't think De Bruyne is that unattractive. Like,
2: yeah, me neither.
1: He's he's very plain, but like the the realm of unattractive soccer players is I mean that's that's high. Uh, gentlemen, gonna... gentlemen,
0: gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. I just I want to point out, um, it's and I got a, I got like a cost of, of being like anti Ginge with this thing. It's not anti Ginge. <laughs> the guy has he's he has a really. Um. Listen, I'm not an attractive man myself. I don't know how I snag my wife. I don't really care. She thinks I'm funny as shit, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. I love her to death. Um, he has a very, he has a weirdly angulated face and a really weird angulated jaw structure. And he has patchy as motherfucking shit facial hair.
1: It's, yeah, the beard The beard is bad.
0: And and he, and he, he rocks, a, it's like a mustache beard thing it's which doesn't actually connect it's so just it's like a mustache kevin de bruyne is currently the best most unattractive footballer i'm happy to to hear other i i there i there's a few other ones that i would consider
1: wayne Wayne, wayne rooney I, wayne rooney is looks like a troll i mean he, he is he is as hell and 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 nowhere near the height of his powers i think i'll i'll cop to that but uh, he can still kick a ball, and so may he- end up managing Derby. This is a man who has a tattoo that says "just enough education to perform," and he is now going to be managing a reasonably quality championship side.
0: So that's so. This is this is this is literally the conundrum I have because it's like, well, like you have to. So Kevin De Bruyne is clearly a much better player right now than Kevin De Bruyne, or than uh, than uh, um, Wayne Rooney, right? But Wayne Rooney is way more unattractive than Kevin De Bruyne. So like. What, how, how do you do that? Like, what's the, the, David,
2: uh, yes, MJ. This is why I recontextualize the question because I am thinking of players that are better or in that echelon of Kevin De Bruyne. And even though I think he has boyish good looks and is a, is a handsome lad, if you will, if I can say that as someone who's not attracted to men, but as someone who can appreciate handsome lads, I could. you know, I'm looking, I'm thinking like Mbappe you know, boyish, also boyish, good looks, you know, like you can't say he's not good looking. I was thinking of other people that I could put, and I can't get other people in that echelon without going into the past. And, 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 but when you go to the past, there are these people like Wayne Rooney. I'm going to throw two, three names out there. Andres Iniesta, Ronaldinho, and, and Frank Ribery. Those three should be at the top of any list. MJ, I'm I'm
0: going to stop you right there. Frank Ribery, I will I will I will an argument about Frank Ribery, Frank Ribery. Um, you can't go into the past because those motherfuckers did not know how to take care of themselves, like the players who do right now. Right? Whatever. Like you can you can. So it's the question was who is the best most unattractive men's footballer right now? Not in the past. So go ahead and you can bring your Andre and yeses into this conversation right now of men who are playing football, Who is the best, most unattractive. And which I qualified it because I really want, I really want that unattractiveness to be a part of the equation. Right. So like Kevin De Bruyne is probably one of the best footballers in the world right now. Right. And he's, he, to me is an unattractive man. I can, you can make an argument for Dan Wayne Rooney, exactly being, a very unattractive person you know who's not the greatest footballer in the world but like maybe that unattractiveness brings him into the into the conversation um Frank Ribery to your to your point MJ is a really great you know he's very like Frank Ribery is very unattractive he's definitely not the most he's not the best footballer in the world but when you add in his unattractiveness and his footballness maybe it comes close I don't know that's I threw it out there as a, as a thought experiment. And then MJ, you tried to hijack it and do something completely different
2: with it. And I felt really upset by that, but I'll allow you. How how is Wayne Rooney any closer to being in the, in the current player context than Andre's Iniesta? When Wayne Rooney is a player manager of, of, you know, a Derby County FC and Andre Iniesta is playing in the top league in Japan. Have you seen Wayne? He, really? he,
0: he looks like the uh, Premier League trophy. <laughs> he's like a physical manifestation of the Premier League trophy. Ears and all. I mean, handles and all. Whatever. So, I don't know. So.
1: Why was I thinking Anderson? Yes, it was coaching. No.
0: Because he, he probably is, but he's probably like doing the. He's getting paid millions and millions and millions of dollars to, you know. Coach and jerk off,
2: cause whatever. Okay. He's also uh,
0: uh, just, like
2: I don't know. Sadio Mane.
1: I can make that argument.
2: Not not as good of a footballer as De Bruyne. yeah But pretty damn close. But the hairstyle and he's also
0: he's not he's also not very yes, you know what? MJ, that's that MJ, that's a good poll. That's a good one. Good job, MJ. <laughs> Yeah, Andres Iniesta is that also like honestly, when you threw that out there the other day, not he's also not that unattractive in as far as I'm concerned.
2: It's all and he's listen, aged well.
0: this he is has all,
2: aged well. this is all say.
0: subjective. We're all straight men or you know, generally straight men, uh judging other men by their looks. And you know what? Should be more of that happening in the world. But uh yeah, I'm just I was curious. I threw it out there as like a hypothetical, and then it kind of just you know got away from me. So I would I would I will accept your argument of Sadio Mane being the best most unattractive men's footballer right now because that is that's actually a really good it's a really good shout MJ so good job thank
1: you Oh you know I was getting Agnes and Yesha and Xavi next up that's all <laughs> Oh Xavi well, yeah. is coaching but yeah. is not unattractive
2: it's, Yeah Xavi is Xavi Hernandez is is a very handsome lad I don't know I've I've really I've never really met any unattractive
0: Spanish men so you know you can, you say in the essay and you you posted those pictures, they're not any more unattractive than fucking than Kevin De Bruyne, honestly. So anyways, let's, let's move beyond that. Let's move to the next, uh, next topic of our big questions. This is the only, the other, only other topic of our big question. Uh, Dan, this is your, your question.
1: It is indeed. So as we've established both last week and we'll talk about here coming up in the the match preview against Colorado, Loons have four players missing. Uh, thanks not so much to international duty, but the subsequent COVID quarantine. Uh, Robin Lude, Kai Kamara, Jan Gregoosh, and Roman Metner. So my question is, which of those players will the Loons miss the most? Because on pure skill, I think the answer is Lude, but he also has the most ready-made replacement in Ethan Finley. So... Uh, I'm certainly willing to hear objections to the contrary. I think the answer might be Roman Metonair, simply because I don't think the team has a solid replacement for him.
0: Yes. All right. I'll, pre- I'll MJ, I'll let you go in a second. I'm going to preface this by saying there was an end agreed article in the Pioneer Press yesterday, I believe, that said that the MOS that the, they're looking into potentially lessening the uh, restrictions, the COVID restrictions when people come back from international duty. So theoretically some of these players might be available for the first match, uh, I think we're working on the assumption that we're, they're not going to be available. So MJ, I'll, I'll you kick off. Who do you think is going to be the player the Loons will miss the most?
2: I hear you, Dan, on we're our depth chart at right back is not that great. But I would say Jan Gregoosh is going to be, be missed more. If you're looking at solely, what have you done for us lately? You know, Robin Mood has definitely done more for us lately than Jan Gregoosh. Or Roman Metinair or Kaikamura. But I totally agree with you that on our depth chart, we have bodies we can throw in w- where Robin Lude plays. We have plenty of wingers. Heath likes his his uh, his wild wings, if you will. So not Buffalo Wild Wings, that's something different. But Heath likes having lots of wingers on hand. It's a good thing because he injures a lot of them and I really think that as good as we see other people in those two central midfielder roles, we can only really, we really don't have depth to handle the Ozzy Alonzo injury situation. We don't really have enough depth to handle an Ozzy Alonzo injury and a young Greguš's quarantine coming back from international duty situation. So that concerns me more than whoever we can shoehorn, whether that's Dotson, Billingsley or Playing Gasper on the left and uh, Debassy on the right, or whatever the situation is, that central midfielder role concerns me way more than right now.
1: I think that's totally valid, but I I trust Dotson as a replacement for Gosh, assuming Hairston then slots in for Ozzy far more than I trust anyone slotting in for Metinair. And, and I, there's no way I would put Debassy over on the right. Like, hey man. Go try a new position that you haven't played, so far as we can tell, ever.
2: Remember who our manager is.
1: Yeah, I, I don't want to do that. You can't make me.
0: All right, guys, uh, I'm gonna throw out there. You know who we're gonna miss the most. Who? Robin fucking Lude. Just saying it, throwing it out there, seeing how make it. Your case, uh...
2: David. Make your case.
0: So this team. So Dan, I think I think you ultimately I think you are correct. I think Romain Mnyir is probably the the one that we're gonna need the most. Because playoff soccer, much like every other playoff, is, you know, it's defense and you want to try and minimize scoring and all that. So I think Romain um definitely is – there's a bigger drop-off between Romeo Mettinier and the backup right back for Minnesota United. However, we saw in that FC Dallas game, I think when Minnesota United was unleashed with four attackers – Lude, Finley, Reynoso, Molino, right? Those four guys being able to do what they could do, you know, whatever, you know, whether it was a 4-2-3-1, you know, ultimately, I think a lot of times when they were attacking, it was more like a 4-4-2 four, four, or 4-2-4. Four, four. I think Robin Lude in the center allowing Ethan Finley, Kevin Molino, Reynoso to sort of like, do their shit and, and, and Rob alluded himself to be able to like, sort of like move around, like not really saying like you stay in your lane, you're, you're staying in your sort of your sector of the field. You're, you're part of the pitch created a lot of chaos for Dallas. Like it would, will create a lot of chaos for Colorado or would create a lot of chaos for Colorado um for anybody that Minnesota United plays in the playoffs. And I'm assuming Heath understands that. I think the, the man seems like he understands what he's doing generally, at least putting together a, a a game plan to start a match. I think Robin Lude is the one that will miss the most because he's good E he will go back to the the same sort of four two three one people playing in their lanes and not allowing the fluid creativity that we saw against uh when FC Dallas when they played FC Dallas last weekend. So that's I think Robin Lude, honestly, is my uh is my pick.
1: Look, all four of these guys, I think, are gonna are gonna be big misses. Yeah, it'll just be it'll be interesting to see, and we'll get into this in the the Colorado preview exactly how Minnesota does want to play without four legitimate starters. Um, I do think we have taken for granted that this team, even if Aaron Schoenfeld plays, will be functionally playing without a striker, given that Kamara is unlikely <laughs> to be available. And I like how we all just sort of took it for granted and decided, you know what, actually, that's fine.
2: What's what's the chances that the the Reno guy gets gets the start ahead of Schoenfeld?
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna say poor, just by virtue of the fact that we know Heath trusts Schoenfeld well enough to start him. Generally speaking,
0: yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't I'm think sure. Langerdorf gets the start at all. <laughs> so
1: what a fun name to say though!
0: It, it's it is very fun. All right, uh, MJ, Minneapolis City, um, the Minneapolis City Minute. There was a, a thing that happened uh, last week. We talked to the Minneapolis City folks, uh, and yeah, there was a there was a town hall. There were some votes. Uh, let us in on what, uh, what happened with Minneapolis City.
2: First of all, due to the pandemic, I'm super sad that this couldn't be held at the local or some other establishment where I'm drinking, I'm sharing memories of the fun season we had cheering on. Minneapolis City and seeing some people that maybe I only see, like not at Loons Games, but only really see and interact with at Minneapolis City Games. At the same time, they did the smart thing. They had this on Zoom. It's tradition. They went over their their budget, the creative things that they did to try to sustain themselves during the pandemic as far as revenue. And it was super eye-opening. It was super fun. And they allowed us to you know ask questions but maybe the most important thing were the three votes that we got to have the we they wanted to create stipends for coaches david you had a really good question regarding this vote do you want to talk about that
0: oh my question was how many coaches they're planning on giving stipends to um, as someone who you know working in the Nonprofit sector, we do a lot of uh, you know honorariums and things like that for for people who come and and speak or, or give some work to us of their own free time. Um, I think it's important to do that because I think it, it I think you need to recognize and honor uh, people's time and their expertise and the fact that they're willing to give it to you. So I, I was never you know never super opposed to it at all, but I, I was curious as how many um, coaches. The Minneapolis City was planning on honoring with this stipend, and I think you know, I, I got we got a, we got a really good answer. So
2: yeah, they gave us an exact number. They didn't really go into details of of who, but we we can kind of guess who those people are. i I'm glad that it's not going through the um, advisors all through the Stegman's organization. That's not the scope of of, of this. It's purely for uh, Minneapolis City and Minneapolis City too and uh, for the futures program. So those, those three programs is, is the scope for the stipends. The other really exciting news was that they want to start a women's team and they want to do it right. And they want to make sure they have the, the pieces in place to, to, to do that and for it to be successful like the Minneapolis city men's program is. I'm super excited about this. There are other WPSL teams in the Twin Cities, and so that there's competition there. There's local competition there for other women's teams in the Twin Cities. Having Minneapolis City get involved in this is just another reason to like the club. And maybe most importantly, they unveiled their five scarf designs, which we can vote on, members can vote on and what will be the member scarf for next year. If you are interested in seeing any of these designs, you know where to go. Their website or Twitter at MPLS City S C.
1: Yeah,
0: and become a member. Honestly, if you if you're not in the in the uh, in the twin cities, you can become a, a out of town member where you it's just forty dollars
2: for out of town. It's like
0: forty bucks, you don't want your tickets. I think it's uh, fifty. For, or fifty. Either way, it's it's not a ton. Um you just yeah, you get a scar if you get the all the membership stuff, but you don't get tickets to games, and those tickets get donated donated to kids. So, which is great. Um, definitely Minneapolis City is a, a really uh really well run and, and high class organization. So all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll do uh some other United News. We'll talk about uh the Loon season tickets uh season ticket holders slash sponsors call and then jump into uh Colorado Rapids and uh what we might expect from this match coming up on Sunday so crap take a break and we'll be right back you want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to but we Welcome back. Uh, so we'll jump into some other United News. Uh, I, I broke this news on this podcast about six weeks ago that Allianz Field would be a a voting drop off site, uh, and it was it was great. They had four uh, one thousand four hundred twenty two voters who dropped off their ballots at Allianz Field, which made it the largest voting drop off site in Ramsey County um, for this election. So kudos to Minnesota United, um, to Ramsey County, to everybody who made this happen, it's really fucking cool, like, that, that our sports teams can sometimes reflect the, you know, the values that, you know, we like to think they share, um, they don't always often share that because, you know, they're sports teams, they're owned by rich white people, but sometimes they can do really good shit, so this was a really good thing.
2: I read an article, I think it was in USA Today or some national news like sort of write up but it this is was actually a part of a, a much larger trend throughout the united states where sports arenas and stadium stadia were being used for dropping off boats or voting sites so that because there are a large amount of real estate where you can distance so whether that's voting in person booths or for for drop-off sites that are centrally located or conveniently located in communities where people know where they are. They know that they can go and, and vote there. Super convenient. Um, I think it's a great trend.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing came about as a, a reaction to or an agreement for uh, the NBA walkout. Yeah. I mean, that's where the whole thing started, was uh, after the, the shooting in Kenosha the police shooting in Kenosha. And when the NBA players decided they were not going to play that day, or I believe the next, this was part of their, of their, their list of demands. Now, interestingly, a lot of other stadia got in on it and that's awesome. And a whole bunch of NBA stadiums (laughs) did not end up getting used for one reason or another. So just a a very interesting outflow of what was a really powerful moment over the summer.
0: Yeah, it was, it was interesting. And, um, there's like uh, there's been a lot actually a lot of uh, stadium parking lots which have been used as COVID like testing sites so drive through COVID testing things like uh, the Dodger Stadium in LA um, has been a COVID testing site for a long time actually drive through COVID testing sites so it's it's it is um, it it's great to see especially considering we know that you know where most of these owners where their politics generally lie forcing them to do something that is progressive is a is a good step it's a step in the right direction and you know we know that you know they have all the money and all the things they can do whatever the fuck they want but i think um making democracy happen um or something like you know making sure people get tested for something like covid is is better for us than it's not so you know i say kudos to the players for being you know on top of this and and making sure that this is the thing that happens and kudos to the the to the front office people because i know it's not you know all the front office people are not you know crazy right-wing assholes i think there's a lot of good people in that office who you know front offices who are probably conservative, but generally appreciate this as a thing. And so kudos to them for putting, you know, um, the betterment of this society over, you know, their personal politics. So
2: I think it's one thing to point out that, Hey, maybe this is low hanging fruit. It's the bare minimum for an organization to do all this is really convenient. Like you're not even having games. So of course your parking lot's open. And I say, shut up. Like, let's focus on the positives here. That these are organizations that would not have to do this. And they're doing a good thing for the community.
0: So, MJ says, shut up liberals. Acknowledge (laughs) your masters. Kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. The negativity, David, the negativity. Right on, right on. Um, Speaking of acknowledging your masters, uh, MLS, plans to start their season in March again. Uh, I think I guess knowing full well that there will not be people in stadiums until maybe the summer if there's a like, apparently you know uh, we're not we're not we're not the uh, the political podcast we're not a a public health podcast but you know the vaccine stuff that's been coming out the last couple of days is in is is heartening. Um, means that maybe there will be some people who can get vaccines relatively, you know, sooner rather than later. We might be able to do some stuff out in public, but again, um, it's, you know, like I will, I, I, I will line up to get a vaccine so I can be out in, in public and all that. My pregnant wife, not so much. She's not getting a vaccine while she's pregnant with our next kid, right? So there's a there's a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of things to consider here. Uh, mls uh announced that you know they are planning on starting their season in march they cited the international calendar which again is jam-packed in 2021 because all the shit there is going to happen in 2021 and all shit was going to happen in 2020 is now on the same calendar so olympics gold cup euros women
2: qualifying
0: yeah world Cup qualifying women's euros um all those things are now happening in the same 2021 calendar. So do you guys have any thoughts on, on MLS starting their season in March? I, I, would, I assume that most of the owners of MLS franchises realize, or at least I, I hope they realize, that there's not going to be fans in attendance, at least until probably maybe July or August. But again, we're, we have fans in stadiums right now. So who the fuck knows? Dan?
1: It's aggressive. Uh, to to offer that they're going to start it in March, the nice thing is that it offers them kind of fallback positions. If they say we're going to start in March, and the world keeps progressing as is, they may play two, three, four games behind closed doors. I think there's going to be, particularly with today's Moderna vaccine um, publication, I think there's a decent shot by kind of April, May. You may not have enough people with a vaccine to fill a stadium, but certainly to, to put a decent crowd in there. So it won't be that long that they would need to wait before they could legitimately have fans without adding some additional layer of danger. But the other thing it allows them to do is push back, right? If players are in camp in February, if they're ready to go in March and they end up delaying, let's say three or four weeks, that's pretty doable. The reverse just isn't true. You can't tell the players we're going to start April first, and then let's say the supply chain uh, comes through more cleanly than we expect, and by March first everybody's rip roaring and ready to go. The MLS owners can't be like, "Well, just kidding. We're pushing the schedule up a month." Right. So yeah, I, I think it's a I think it's point. a good a good starting bid, for lack of a better term. And I'll be interested to see if it actually happens on that schedule
0: yeah mj i have no thoughts on this thank you <laughs> um yeah no I, yeah, I think you're i think you're like 100 right like they, they, they'd much rather be prepared to go for it and hope that things are better than than you know the exact opposite so all right mj
2: um talk about Damien Lowe, our uh, our one saloon player so he's been on one saloon before. I have to admit that. The last time we checked in with him, he was playing for a Norwegian team called uh, EK Stark. He came to the Loons on a very weird loan, I believe, from the Seattle Sounders. Who we're playing in MLS at the time to the last year in NESL. You know, Dr. Bill McGuire's already bought the team in, in, in 2013, saved us from existence. and. Full well knowing we were going to MLS, and Damian Lowe was, was was brought in as a center back. Plays for Jamaica. I'm listing him this week as our one saloon because he actually played a full ninety against Saudi Arabia. I did not watch this game, but in Damian Lowe fashion, he did pick up a yellow card. <laughs> I did not realize in the twenty-seven or so twenty-something games that he played for. Minnesota United that one year in 2016, he did score two goals. But what I remember from Damien Low is during a friendly against AFC Bournemouth, which will be more well remembered for the Sammy Indijock own goal. Everyone remembers that part. But in the 79th minute, I remember Sammy Indijock and one of the AFC Bournemouth players going at it and they both got red card ejections. <laughs> So that's what I kind of remember. That's right. Damien, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damian Lopour is and so that's why I say like, not surprisingly, he got a yellow card. Uh I'm happy for him. I'm I'm glad that uh he, he's playing for Jamaica on a regular basis. Do you know where he's playing now for a club?
1: No, I do idea. only because I just looked it up.
2: So in September, mid-September of this year he got a job with one Phoenix Rising FC. Mm. And he is not the Jamaican player that said bad things to Colin Martin, that's Junior Fleming. But he was definitely playing in that late September game against uh, San Diego Loyal. So uh, he helped them, you know, win a, ch- a championship, if you will, in, in USL. Ooh ha yay for Damian Lowell. but um more so i guess i'm happy that after being let go from the norwegian club he wasn't playing with anybody through the pandemic um for for any squad so it's nice to see that he got picked up in mid-september that's been once a loon
0: <laughs> oh i even I, I i envisioned the segment as uh us making up facts about loons And now it's become a full-on history lesson of Loons. Thank you, MJ. (laughs) Appreciate that. All right. um, So there was a Loons season ticket holder uh, sponsors call um, that uh, some of us were on. I was on it. Uh, Chris Wright was on it as well. He acknowledged the difficulty that they've had with Sinclair in regards to the streaming services. Um, He talked a little bit about how when they signed their contract three years ago with them that like streaming was not a thing that they talked about which seems weird but you know again probably kind of spot on with this team kind of doing things not quite full ass just maybe like three-quarter ass um mentioned that their contract with fsn is up now after this year they're investigating new venues and Investigating the streaming stuff as well. Like I think, the the impression I got from the call on Friday or on Thursday of last week was that that they like realized that streaming is a a large. And he said like thirty percent or twenty percent or something like that. He said a, a very small percent, but I'm I think they actually realized that there's a lot more people who are who stream this team a-vis a you know, over-the-top uh streaming service than actually subscribe to cable so I think that's something they're definitely considering um they're investing in a new venue the MLS uh the MLS um contract is up in 2022 uh which is right after the the Qatar World Cup and I'm sure that there's gonna be some you know they, they, I'm sure MLS would love to tie in all of the teams to a sort of a you know nationwide contract, something like the NFL has, where certain games are on certain streaming sites or certain you know channels or whatever. Who knows what what happens with that? But I would I would wager that the whatever whatever MLS does, whatever Minnesota United does in the next two years will be sort of very short term. Um, that's my takeaway from that. Uh, Wright also mentioned that there's an analytics team that is working with Minnesota United, and they have been and are continuing to do uh, analytics work, particularly related to scouting, uh, and that they are developing their own metrics and software. That this is something that actually um, I thought was interesting because I didn't really consider this. I thought you know Minnesota United was you know whatever they had some analytics people but i didn't realize that they had a team that was working on this do you guys have any any thoughts on either the either the fsn stuff
2: streaming things or analytics on the streaming part i will just say that one thing that is talked about is kind of a generational gap or generational difference of more younger viewers wanting streaming rather than cable or satellite. Another thing that's not talked a lot about is class or economics. And for some people, you look at what's out there for cable packages from a cost standpoint and what's a streaming service cost. Let's say you get Disney Plus, Hulu Plus, or Hulu and ESPN Plus for you know, 12, 13 bucks a month. You know, there's a huge cost difference there between $50 to $80 a month and $6 to $15 a month. And so Minnesota United hasn't been very good at addressing class and economical economic differences just in general. And I can say this as, from a season ticket holder standpoint, but hopefully that part of the conversation is, is being discussed as well.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, mostly, I'm just happy to hear the team actually considering streamers as something they need to be concerned with. It's a little bit a day late and a dollar short, but it's also better late than never. On the analytics piece, I'm again, I'm glad to hear the team is working on that that side of things. Uh, and scouting is, of course, the place that it makes all the sense in the world to be investing time and time and treasure. One thing that would be really interesting to me, and I sincerely have no idea how these conversations go, but we know Adrian Heath has been more involved in player acquisition over the last uh, sort of 12-ish months than he was in the the years prior. I'd be really interested to know kind of what his approach to analytics are, if if he's skeptical, but willing to listen. If he's totally the old school guy who boos the nerds as soon as they start talking and like flicks pencils at them, or if he's secretly one of those coaches who is incredibly analytically minded, doesn't obviously can't put the stats together himself, but has full, full belief in an analytics team. And I, I truly, I could see any of those being true. So, you know, one of the things that we know from the baseball world where analytics have a little bit of a stronger foothold is it's all well and good to have those people. And even if they're super talented, but if you're not listening to them, then it's just kind of a waste of money. And that's something that the team will never, never comment on publicly, obviously. So nothing but speculation and not even really that just a Hey, I wonder, I wonder how this piece fits fits in.
0: So I'll throw out there. So he was also on this call. He said nothing of consequence. Um, because you know that man never says anything of consequence however i i i get the impression dan when you mentioned this uh that he is a so is he someone who like listens to it and doesn't actually like embrace it fully but like understands that maybe he should listen to the i think i think he's more of that that model right i think um, and that's maybe mark watson you know he trusts mark watson i think mark watson maybe believes in in the analytics stuff and so he trusts watson to do the work that he needs to do he tells him what he wants or what he envisions and mark watson you know finds the thing within the you know analytics sphere that makes sense for minnesota united uh, he I mean, he mentioned he specifically mentioned it related to Babelo uh and to Reynoso and um and he didn't mention specifically like Dan like you have mentioned on this podcast several times like we had a Reynoso hole in our offense and then we had a Reynoso fill it in. Um he said that in in less words uh and and not as like um emphatically as we have Acknowledge that we had a gigantic fucking Reynoso hole in our offense and then we filled it with a Reynoso and it makes a lot of sense. So I think they, so I think Heath is, you know, I don't, and I, I will say as someone who's, you know, I'm dry. I'm still, I'm still fucking piloting the uh, Heath out train um, recklessly towards a, a cliff. We're going off that fucking cliff. The man has done some shit that makes sense. And you can acknowledge that he's made sense and still acknowledge that he's a terrible human being and a gigantic piece of shit who's not like, shouldn't be our coach anymore, but he's done some good shit too, so,
2: you know. I don't think we have to go down the terrible human being path, but I would say that... I No, no,
0: you know, no, he is. He's a terrible human being. I'll, I'm going to stand by that one.
2: Let me just say this. The, the whole focus on we're going into our own stadium in Allianz. We need to put some focus on our spine and the, the defense. And so we're going to get an IkePar, We're going to get up, uh, Ozzy Alonzo, and then we're going to bring in someone like a, a Met and, and a Grey Goosh first. Right. And we're going to, we're going to focus on these areas first and then we're going to focus on the Renoso hole second. Now, whether this was a conscious decision or just what they could do given their budget and transfer windows just the reality that is players being available. I don't know, but some credit on that whole plan. Um, the four year plan guys, just like we we've been we've been marketed the the the, the four year plan. That's worked to some extent.
0: Right. Right. Um, Yeah. The, the four-year plan, that was a three-year plan, which was not a plan at all. Uh, I'll just, I'll just throw out there. Uh, I want to, I want to end on this. Uh, So Tyler Miller came on. Tyler Miller, I think was uh, not expected to be on this call because he was like dressed up to the nines uh, going out on a date with uh, his uh, I think his wife or girlfriend or somebody, you know, his partner. Um, Anyways, the, the the call got started later than I think they expected. Uh, and then Tyler Miller was like, basically, uh, so Cal Williams uh, hosted the call. And he basically just asked Tyler Miller a question about whether like what he was doing if he's going out. And Tyler Miller was like, oh, yeah, I'm going out. Also, the team, da 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 And then he just, he dipped. Uh, James Musa, Hassani Dawson and Dane Sinclair also joined the call. And they also, you know, they answered fan questions, which was great. It was it was good. It was a good time. It was about an hour, a little over an hour, um, and you know, especially with the way things are right now, it's great for the team to do something like this. I wish they would have had done more of these things, not just like end of the year. Oh, hey, we're going to the playoffs. rah, 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 bullshit. But you know, it is what it is. So you can't
2: have the season ticket potluck, you know, that happens every year. That's not going to happen. That that was this, buddy. You yeah, it. exactly and you missed it so all right Um, i'm super glad you did this david because i had no desire um that day didn't work out for me schedule wise and i really didn't care about this as much as you did so thanks for taking one for the team and being on this call oh i could
0: give two shits about this i i just i was cutting vegetables watching uh slovakia (laughs) northern ireland and uh just happened to like just throw my headphones on and, and and listen. I didn't even watch this most of the time. I just listened to it because I was uh cutting up vegetables and making a delicious, delicious stew. So yeah,
2: I don't yeah. It's I I, I wasn't going out of my way, buddy. I still All appreciate right. you. I still appreciate your the, gonna, you took notes on this. I'm gonna
0: isolate that. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, All right, let's talk Colorado Rapids uh, because we have a playoff match coming up on Sunday, boys. Sunday, November 22nd, this Sunday uh, at 6.30 p.m. will be on ESPN. We are playing Colorado here in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota's the favorite. They're at plus 110. Colorado's at plus 220. Draws plus 265. Um, That's for the actual like betting lines, over unders three. Um, so yeah, man, we're we're favored to beat Colorado at home as we should be. Dan, take us through this Colorado Rapids match.
1: All righty. So, uh, the Rapids are a little bit of a hard team to figure out because they didn't play very many games, they were the team that missed the most uh, COVID related games. Um, and while we can't make fun of them for that, we can't obliquely reference the fact that this is the second uh, major infectious disease that uh, the Crapids have dealt with in two years, having nearly given their fans plague last year. Uh, so we can, we can continue to make fun of them for that, and it will. Uh, so they, uh manager, Robin Fraser, uh, basically... Wow. For some reason, I was like, no wait, Robin Fraser is someone else entirely (laughs) second-guess myself. Uh, Ran the team out in mostly a 4-3-3 towards the end of the season, although he did alternate into a 4-2-3-1. Paul, the Loons, one of the stories of this game are the the four missing Minnesota United players. Colorado is also missing Diego Rubio, who's kind of key to their offense. So I expect them to be in a 4-2-3-1 rather than the 4-3-3. Uh, the vast majority of their goals this season were scored from open play. They scored just four off of set pieces. So, what they'll be looking to do uh, is largely pass through the lines, uh, get the ball into the feet of Cole Bassett or Andre Shinyashiki. Well, Bassett at some point, and then probably Shinyashiki in front of goal. Uh, they They are very, very dangerous from open play in a way that they're not with the ball down they closed the season hot. They'd be able to Seattle and Portland in their last five games uh, before nipping Houston. Uh, their last two losses came to Minnesota United and sporting Kansas city. The two teams that they theoretically uh, would play, assuming they don't uh, lose to Minnesota United. Interestingly, in those last three wins, they were flagged for offside just one time. They, they timed their runs extremely effectively. Um, and the, the ball moved fairly fairly fluidly from left to right until they were able to, to find the through pass. Uh, in the two losses, Minnesota and Sporting Kansas City, they were flagged seven times. So I think that speaks to a little bit uh, of a higher defensive line, uh, a more compact midfield, and so both shutting down passing lanes and just making those through runs a little bit more difficult. Uh, two players I think that uh, people should keep an eye on, uh, the aforementioned Cole Bassett. Five goals and four assists this season. He's just 19 years old. Absolutely uh, one of the big names in the league. I think now that uh, Brendan Aronson is headed to Europe, I think Bassett will be kind of one of the next players that we hear rumors about for for a European move. He is certainly that kind of uh, talismanic performer. Uh, he only had one two-game stretch this season in which he did not record either a goal or an assist, and that was the back-to-back losses against Sporting and uh, Minnesota United. So, uh, the Loons the Lunes did a very good job keeping Colorado in check in a way that I don't think we fully appreciated at the time. Uh, the other player I think uh, people should keep an eye out for is uh, Eunice DeMille, uh, who doesn't necessarily appear on the score sheet quite a bit, although he had a... a game earlier this summer with two assists, uh, he he averages something like 1.7, 1.8 key passes per game. So uh, hockey assists is another way to look at this. He's a guy who produces the pass that produces a shot um, and just a really, really effective piece for this team, but not one that gets talked about a lot because he's very, very seldom the guy supplying either the final ball or the goal itself. Uh, he's definitely the player who is, whose timing on those through balls determines whether somebody is called off sides or whether they're then threw in on goal. So if they, it, whatever the loons can do to sort of knock off his timing, whether it's change up markers on him frequently, or just really clog his passing lanes uh, is, is what they'll need to do. I think to, to really put together a strong defensive performance in this game. The last thing I'll throw out here, random fun fact uh, so if you guys remember at MLS is back, Colorado got two red cards, uh, not just in the same game, but like in really, really quick succession, uh, same half. I want to say it was within like the same, uh, 10 minute period. You guys remember that?
0: Yes. <laughs> Against Kansas was, city. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Against Kansas city. You want to guess how many red cards Colorado had for the rest of the season, including second yellows? One. None. None, so they got two in like a 10 minute stretch and then none for the rest of the season.
2: Cool, they, they learned they did. They did. I'll I just want to add one thing that William Yarborough on, on loan from Club Leon is a huge goalkeeper upgrade from uh Clint Irwin. I think we can all agree on that, and I guess number two. We can't expect uh, Bubakar to put in an own goal to save our ass this time That,
1: in fact, was their only own goal all season. Yeah.
0: Um, that's, gentlemen. That's that's very that's great uh, analysis. I will say Amelie, uh He scored the first goal in the uh, their match against Houston uh, two weeks or you know week and a half ago. Um, that allowed them to be playing us, uh, in you know, in like what six days. So, so yeah, Eunice Nommale, not the uh, not the worst pro- player in the world.
1: There's Nommale, Sorry, I transposed the letters when I was uh, writing up my notes and got it <laughs> got email in there. So my bad. Eunice Anomaly.
0: That's yeah, that's right. So, theoretically Diego Rubio will be out, um, unless you know, there's they have the uh, You know they changed up the collective bargaining agreement and other, and then players from Europe can come back and and play with us. Um, So uh, Diego Rubio will will would directly be out. I don't know. This is a this is a a match that Minnesota should win nine times out of ten. However, we have a weird history with Colorado. I, I I don't think that we should like sort of let that like on paper we are a better team than colorado even with our players out yeah. i think we're a better team than colorado however there's that weird history of of us with colorado where it's weird draws weird wins um you know crazy red cards from a coach's sons who are dickheads <laughs> it's it's a, it's a weird it's a weird situation we have with colorado uh I, I throw me i, I again every every morning I wake up and I see uh Harrison Heath get a red card and I'm like oh I'm not that guy I'm, <laughs> I'm winning I'm winning so uh do you guys have anything else to add on uh the Colorado rapids players coaches uh
2: I just remembered one more thing yeah because I'm me okay uh, N- Nicholas uh, Benazet, the, the French guy he's been coming off the bench um, another just another name to watch.
0: Yeah okay. he's very
2: vers- he's very versatile and good at that interplay attacking midfield playing multiple roles and confusing defenders.
0: Yeah. you guys remember Stephen Bateshire?
2: That's a guy. <laughs> I, re- I definitely
1: remember Bateshire. I completely <laughs> forgot he was a rabbits player at any point. He's- yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's still a reference player. Um, yeah, so I, I'll sort echo Dan's uh, comments. So I'm I'm most concerned about Andre uh, Shinishiki. Yes, that guy is is very very good at soccer and uh, very very good at scoring against Minnesota United. So I'm that is probably the, the player that I'm most concerned about. Jonathan Lewis is. He's really, really good, but he doesn't get played as much as he probably should. And I don't, I don't hundred percent know why that is. So, I don't know. That's that's my my two thoughts on uh, Colorado. So,
1: well, and interestingly, I mean, Lewis Lewis did start against Minnesota the last time these teams played and looked terrible.
0: He did, yeah.
2: He did not have a good game.
0: He did not. So, all right. So, Dan, how should Minnesota United play Colorado, As, assuming that we don't have any of our international players for this match?
1: You know, I want to say to recreate what they did against Dallas. You know, hold possession, really let Renoso have the the space and, and time in the midfield. But I think what made that so successful was the element of Excuse me, the element of surprise. <laughs> um, And I just don't, I don't know that you can do that two times in a row. So I think defensively uh, what the team needs to do is really stay compact. Uh, Don't give Colorado the ability to sit in the attacking third uh, and let Nomley or Bassett or some of these other guys really pick their pass. Uh, Colorado is much, much better offensively than they are defensively. So um, I think, Minnesota does need to think about playing with possession, um, isolating Reynoso on Jack Price as much as possible, because uh, I, while I think Price is a decent defender, he's not particularly mobile. That's not his giftedness. Uh, so I would take Reynoso in that battle pretty soundly. Um, yeah, I think, I think hold possession. I think a high defensive line is worth trying. I think, <laughs> uh, I, and this is, you know, completely counterfactual if adrian heath were willing to change up a game plan uh at the first sign of weakness i would definitely start with a high line and just make sure that colorado wasn't getting good success running in behind uh jumping back to the real world i I still think it's worth trying um just because you've got to do something to stop that passing and colorado is much more likely to play through than over or around so yeah clog up the midfield and, and hopefully try to retain possession um, honestly I think a lot of this depends on whether or not Hassani Dotson is healthy enough to play a full 90 if he's sitting in Grey Goosh's spot I think this is a pretty functional strategy if the the loons are to MJ's point from earlier trying to come up with a an offense defense strategy with two brand new central midfielders they may need to simplify the game
2: plan a little bit MJ I like the compact idea more than I like the high line idea. The Dan, you raised an important point about their timing their runs really well and getting behind. And you can do that timing run thing and staying on sides on a high line just as easily as as you can, or even even easier than when you're you maybe are lying back. So I would like to them maybe play a little bit more prevent on their back four, but the compacting not, not making them go through the middle, like shutting that middle down and making sure you are forcing them to go over the top or around, the, around the outside, make them try to play to their fullbacks or their wings and, and, you know, turn that corner around the outside because they're, they're passing through the middle is, is very good. And so, can we, can we shut that down? I would say this, if we had Ico Parra, I would be very much more comfortable running that high line and kind of watching for well-timed runs and making sure we don't get our, um, make sure we're covering our ass, if you will. Um, offensively, I think Dan's spot on, play with possession, don't let them get get the ball and try to have that same sort of interplay. Whoever's up top have that same sort of interplay with Dallas where people are cutting and shifting positions and confusing the Colorado defense. And in a way that allows us to maintain possession, even if we're not getting the ball in the most threatening spots, if we can keep the ball out of the Colorado attacking feet, that'll be better.
0: Fair points. I think we should just score three goals.
2: It's a bold strategy.
0: Yeah.
1: It, didn't right. for did, Ni- I- it didn't work. for Nigeria. I'll throw that out there.
0: <laughs> That's true. Did not. Um,
2: all right. I appreciate so the simplicity, David.
0: Yeah. No. You know. I. I, I think Boxo will be back. Theoretic. I mean, theoretic. Boxo will be back. So Boxo. Aha. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just. I think you have you got to throw everything forward, like. We don't have we, assuming we don't have Greguse, we don't have Kamara, we don't have Lude, we don't have uh you know um Nair, just throw it all fucking forward and you know score some fucking goals or don't. So either you score goals or you die. That's you know. Sorry to be uh fucking you know Rocky for on you, but score do score goals or die.
1: I don't know. That's
0: that's it. So
1: are you suggesting uh, running like a three four three and just bombing everybody forward?
0: Listen, man, I've I uh a four four two. Let's fucking go. Like,
2: <laughs> Who do you put yeah, on field as the other as the other who's your two? Uh Reynoso?
0: No, no. Uh I have four up top. I have two in the back.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, so 224
0: or 244. Yeah, 244. Sorry, sorry,
2: MJ. You you are correct. Yeah, 244. Score or die, motherfucker. Dan, thank you so much. If you were, if you could just be at Blackheart and translate David Ease for me on a more regular basis, I would really appreciate that. Yeah, no, I I know that's not going to happen, but you being able to translate David Ease to me is just a huge benefit of this podcast. I'm happy to help. I'm either I'm either yeah, either like I am
0: a socialist and I also want to steal all the goals from people. So
2: um so a socialist. All goal, right. goal, goals change games, like a yeah. great post once said. Goals goals change
0: games. A, a very, a very a very uh small man said that one time. A goal goals change games. So all right, who wins? All right, hey guys, are we are we gonna win this fucking game or not? Let's go. Dan, who you got?
1: I don't have a clue. I really don't. Like like you said earlier, and I totally agree with Man. it, Minnesota United should win this game. They really, really should.
0: Pick, pick um, somebody, motherfucker.
1: Ah, don't make me do this. I've been wrong all season. <laughs> do
0: it.
2: Pick somebody.
1: Go. Fuck it. In, I'm, picking, I'm picking the Rapids, and I'm going to be right, wrong.
2: Go. MJ, who you got? Minnesota wins uh, 3-2. All right.
0: I am not going to pick anybody because, you know, whatever. Oh, you bastard. You can't bully me. Minnesota United wins this fucking game, buddy. San Jose wins (laughs) the other game. And we are going to be playing San Jose in the uh, Western Conference uh, semifinal. So fuck you. Yeah. All right. We have some some questions. Uh, Sean Rabel asks Would you rather start lewd on the left? or listen to the president's file. Listen to the president. He, yeah, in a lower lower case p. President filed baseless lawsuits for two more months. So this is a no brainer, right? I,
2: I'll take I'll take loot on the left and his two goals or whatever that he scored on the left over the president filing baseless lawsuits for two more months. It, why is it? Why is this even a debate? Dan,
1: I mean, realistically speaking, both of these things are going to continue happening. So I by by choosing one and getting to exclude the other, I think that's a win for me. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, you, you know what? Lower lower stakes. I'm still going to take loot on the left because I can privately like be frustrated by that and not worry about it overthrowing democracy in general.
0: You guys are you guys are fucking idiots because the answer, the correct answer is listen. To the president file baseless lawsuits for two more months because they're baseless lawsuits, they're not going to win. However, we are not going to win with loot on the left. You will win with loot on the right. And so I will, I will, I will suck it the fuck up and listen to that dumb motherfucker talk for two more months for victory. For Minnesota United, so you guys, you guys are assholes. You guys are are, are lefty republic or lefty uh, uh, fucking whatever anarchists, whatever the fuck you lefty anarchists are. Um, <laughs> fuck you. I choose Minnesota United. I choose victory, and I choose uh, listening to our dumbass shit president for two more months for victory, guys. You. Oh, I, I feel really bad about your choices right now.
1: I just the stakes are high, man. That's yeah, <laughs> I know. You chose you,
0: and you chose wrong. So I, <laughs> it is,
1: it is what it is.
0: Um, you guys could always rate and review our podcast on whatever podcast feed you listen to this on, especially on Apple or uh, Stitcher. I guess I, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Daysandknow uh, patreon.com slash If you want to get involved in that really awesome beer, Patreon.com slash Always at tdikmn on Twitter. I'm at Texas O'er. Dan is at D Wade. MJ is at MJ Matsui. Bill, who I tried to get on the podcast tonight, just never responded to my text at Bill underscore required. We're gonna get that motherfucker back on this podcast. Um we have been the days you know. This is
1: week. And
2: work it out, cause we both know
0: we can't do nothing at all. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, we, uh, we, we We do our thing, sir. Long as you do yours, land here, become free, con.
2: Yeah. Uh, we we yeah. do our thing, sir. Through the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we, we do our thing, do it. Yeah, we, we do. Do we do our things,
0: son Someone paint a piece, someone spray with a machine gun It's mad work to be done We, we do our Come things, on. son I, son, can nothing be at all Yeah, I know we can't do nothing at all